Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. And our top story today, helping women achieve financial security, stability, and independence. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Cindy Hounsel of Wiser and Ramsey Alwyn of the National Council on Aging. Ramsey, great to see you. Cindy, great to see you. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for joining us this morning. So thanks, uh, Jeffrey. It's great to be here with you and good to be here with Ramsey also. Um, And great opportunity to talk about the uh, new study survey. So I thought I'd just take a minute to sort of highlight the challenges that women still face so that the audience sort of knows what these issues are. And so, you know, the lower lifetime wages, the part-time work due to caregiving responsibilities, longer lifespans, longevity risks, less access to workplace plans. um, These challenges also affect and result in lower um, benefits from Social Security and likely any retirement benefits. Yeah. And and, and Ramsey, I mean, this is an important study. It's important to kind of keep this up to date. And look, we're going through some very interesting times. In addition to the heat of the summer, we've got market volatility, inflation. Cindy already mentioned the caregiving responsibilities. Women are really struggling financially. Let's talk about the larger impact to aging and financial and retirement security. Well, thanks for having us. It's such a timely, important topic. And all of those issues, market volatility, inflation, caregiving responsibilities, all of them negatively impact an ability for a woman to age well, age as she desires. We initiated this survey to really lift up the voices of women, women 25 and older, women with lower income, so we can better understand what they're feeling, what they think could even help. And what was fascinating um, was that they do think there are opportunities for policy change that could make a difference, that could help. But the reality, the brutal reality is that women are scared, they're fearful, they're literally terrified that they are going to run out of resources. Um, And the pandemic, the economic instability, the market volatility has only reinforced just a real concern and fear of being out of control. And we're seeing that in terms of an uptake in um, early Social Security claims for instance, that people are worried that the program won't be there. And so they're claiming early and taking a lifetime cut as a result. So I think there are some real factors here that demonstrate we're long overdue in addressing what it takes to ensure all women can age well with financial security. And this uh, public opinion survey that Wiser and NCOA partnered on provides a bit of a blueprint, a pathway for some tangible policy proposals that could make a difference. Yeah, and I want to get to that in the second half of the program, but I want to come back to Cindy for a second, and I want to go back and forth between both of you. Uh, Cindy, we we talked about, we we had you on the program, we actually have had both of you on the program previously to talk about similar issues, but I want to go back to this survey. How have women done historically? Meaning, you looked at the survey results today, had they improved? Had they not approved, uh, improved? 
are we are we still kind of at a baseline, a flat line in terms of women's financial security? Well, it, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I think the bigger issue is that women don't have access to retirement plans at the workplace. That's huge. And that's along with um, 45 million other people that don't have access. Um, and, and the other important issue, um, I think, is that there are about 24 million um, workers who actually have access, but they don't do anything about it. They, they don't, well, they don't know. Um, I mean, we get tons of stories from people that are really upsetting, <laughs> you know, that they were there, they didn't know, nobody told them, which is why they need, you know, one of your later questions, the financial literacy, so is really important. Um, but, you know, women are scared, um, and that comes as no surprise, I, I think, you know, that the what their top concerns are, what the survey showed, the cost of housing, Social Security and Medicare being cut. I mean, how can you, the programs that women most rely on are always the ones, like Ramsey said, they're taking that early because they think that the program might go away. They hear politicians say something, you know, that we're going to do all these things to the programs and they just run scared and think, well, I better take it now. You know, if I don't take it now, it won't be there. Um, and then the other thing is not having enough savings to retire and outliving their savings is, is also a big issue. And living paycheck to paycheck, um, not being able to pay bills. So um, a couple of things from this, the study that I think were really interesting are that, you know, three in four low income women by ethnicity reported having no emergency savings. And that's really key for that, that you know, population. Um, and that means if they had a real emergency, they would be wiped out financially. So it's, it's another reason to be um, really upset. Um, and when thinking about retirement, a third of low-income women say that they're terrified. Terrified. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, they don't know what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, we, as Ramsey sort of mentioned, we, or... As Ramsey mentioned, not she didn't sort of, she actually mentioned, um, the uh, the types of policies that women support are strengthening Social Security in various ways. Um, and so I'll mention a couple that really stood out for us and that we're going to be working on together, um, which are strengthening Social Security um, by revising the cost of living adjustment, raising the minimum benefit making sure that we address caregiver costs through tax breaks because of the out-of-pocket costs that caregivers are, are, you know, taking all the time and not, you know, not even realizing how it's hurting them. And then, you know, access to the supplemental security income as well. So our, our hope for the survey is to um, focus the attention of women and their families and the policymakers on issues um, and solutions to the financial challenges that we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Ramsey, I just want to come back to you before we close out this segment, then we can talk about some of these policy initiatives. But uh, the National Council on Aging, aging, uh, we're all aging, we're all living longer, women outliving men uh, from a statistical average. This is a big deal because women are relied upon in our society. I mean, they have jobs, a lot of them have jobs but they're also caregivers to your earlier point. They're living longer. This is really in terms of a strain on the infrastructure of America, the governmental systems, everything that our society is kind of woven together with, it's a big deal. 
It really is. I mean, for over 70 years at the National Council on Aging, we've been working to help older adults age well. So we have programs to assist with job training and job placement, get people connected to programs that can help with food and medicine, evidence-based programs that can help them navigate their chronic conditions like diabetes and hypertension and obesity. We even have evidence-based programs around navigating falls prevention and gaining access to life-saving vaccines. And I can tell you the vast majority of those coming to seek help are women. Last year, we impacted the lives of nearly 6 million older adults, over 70% of which were women, many coming struggling to make basic ends meet. And so we're long overdue to refresh all of our policies, all of our programs, and to really invest in some robust support and education to make sure the women that have raised the next generation, allowed our economy to thrive as a result, uh, are allowed to age with dignity, security, and purpose. And this survey that we conducted, What Women Say, you can find it on ncoa.org forward slash what women say, really lifts up the voices of women to share what their pain points are and some real tangible recommendations that interestingly enough are quite bipartisan in their support. So if elected officials are paying attention. There is a bipartisan agenda here to ensure women can age well. And I look forward to talking about that more. Yeah, actually a great segue. And look, it's, I heard it's election season. So uh, this is the, actually a perfect time. Cindy, Ramsey, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some policy initiatives that can happen for women and also financial literacy. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We wanna make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, Cindy, Ramsey, great to have you stay with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is, uh, so we, I think we, we, both of you did a great job, not we, you did a great job in, in terms of outlining the, the, the challenges that many 
women 25 and older face. They don't have access to retirement. They live longer, which is a good thing, but they're also caregivers and they're really the, the glue that holds a lot of families together. So a lot of headwinds there. Uh, Ramsey, let's come back and let's kind of break down some of the policy initiatives, things that can Congress, in their infinite wisdom, can do, the executive branch, the president can do to kind of strengthen uh, things for women and financially. Well, we need to offer women a lot more support than they currently receive. And Congress can absolutely play a role in making that possible. So in our recent survey, we asked a series of questions about policy proposals that would improve the financial and retirement security of women. We wanted to hear from women, um, and in particular, Black, white, Latina women, what they think could make a difference. And we surveyed the women in regard to 13 different policy proposals, finding strong bipartisan support, support north of 90% across the aisle, Democrats, independents, Republican women of different ages, different generations, all sharing that they see a role for government to play. And we did not shy away from the word government and the recognition that new resources might be needed to finance these types of interventions or resources may need to be redeployed in order to support these types of programs. There was strong support for three solutions related to caregiving, an area that pollsters identified as receiving growing support since the pandemic when sort of everyone was awoke to the fact that there's no work without care work. Uh, As uh, families were juggling supporting young children with distance learning, families juggling the needs of older, frailer family members, it was really clear um, that caregiving and caregiver supports were essential and more people beginning to self-identify as caregivers. So the the opportunities are are very... um, significant in terms of, as Cindy noted, tax credits to be able to honor that caregiving contribution, opportunities when strengthening Social Security to honor that uh, contribution in um, the Social Security record, and then also creative ways to look at uh, the financing of long-term services and support so it's not all on the family caregiver. Well, thanks for that, Ramsey. Cindy, I want to pivot to you because Ramsey lays out some really important policy initiatives And we've talked throughout this interview about retirement security. Where does financial literacy fit in? Because I can tell you, I've been around on this planet for 50 years. I don't know it all financially. I I think most people don't know it all financially. Financial literacy is a really important part to what we're discussing this morning. Yeah, and I'll I'll give one example of of, uh, what goes bad when there's a great policy that nobody knows about, and that's the savers tax credit, um, where only about six people after 20 years or uh, six, six million people are, are you know, using that program and don't know about it. And uh, Ramsey and I were recently at a, at a meeting where there were 35 financial people in the room and no one knew about this policy that's been around for 20 years that helps low-income people. So I think it's really important to have financial literacy. We operate the National Resource Center on Women in Retirement, and we have for a number of years. One of the things that women are, um, you know, doing that's wrong is giving up at age 50, you know, thinking that if, if I haven't done anything by age 50, then it's just too late for me. Um, and that there, you know, that there are other things that they could be doing. Well, a lot of women actually start at age 50 because they have the kids have left the house and a lot of their responsibilities are, are, are you know, not as uh, expensive as they used to be. 
So I, th I think, you know, there are so many things that we've seen um, when financial literacy is, um, is uh, when programs are given to low-income uh, women, what ends up happening is they have a they have an improvement from 18 to 30 percent, you know, just in, in a, an hour session. So it's it's a, it's amazing what can be done. And uh, there was a, a great study by Morningstar that's showing that if uh, if you are helped with choosing your Social Security benefit, um, that you have a, a chance of improving your financial status by 39 percent. So, uh, I mean, and that's that's only been recently that people have started doing that. Um, but, you know, low income women need to know that just as much as anybody else, because you can you can stay an extra year uh, and really make an improvement in your benefit. And just knowing the rules and not getting caught with penalties like signing up for Medicare, you know, at the wrong age, because it's confusing to people. They think, oh, I'm signing up for Social Security. And so um, I'll just wait and, you know, until I, I sign up for my Medicare and then they're penalized. There are millions of people. This has only happened over the last decade because it's so complicated. And if you're low income, there's nobody there really to help you. We just need more programs and brought to scale. So. Yeah. And, and I agree with you on that. And I and by the way, I want to give a shout out to my mom who, after the kids left and went went to college, my mom started a brand new career and had a very successful year for a career for like tw over 20 years in charity, charitable giving and, and running a charitable organization. So shout out to her. So Ramsey, there's a lot there to unpack. Uh, women, there, there is life for women after 50 in terms of a career. That's number one. Number two, you can overcome some of these financial challenges. We need the help of government. Why don't you wrap it up for us? How, how, what can we do? What can people who are watching this program do to influence their elected officials, elect, uh, influence uh, the people that represent them in terms of some of these policy initiatives? Well, just kudos to your mother, first of all, that wisdom and experience of after 50, we all need more of our, our employers, um, our economy, and um, our families and our communities all need to tap that uh, wisdom and experience and bring it to bear, not just on our economy, but on some of these major societal issues that we're grappling with. So I, I think that the um, opportunity of longevity, the gift of the quantity of years and hopefully the quality of years can just be a major boon to um, our competitiveness globally, ultimately, if we prepare for it, if we evolve our policies and if we invest in education and support services so that everyone can bring all their talents to bear and aren't left to go age into poverty ultimately, which is the narrative in terms of the woman's experience often. A woman, a woman of color, an older woman is highly likely to age into poverty and to run out of that savings. And increasingly, we're seeing that trend among all older adults. Last year's census data demonstrated that older adults were the only group to see an increase in poverty because we haven't taken a very robust look at our approach to ensuring all can age well. And that affects all of us as a society, as an economy, ultimately. So we want to utilize this new research on what women have to say to raise awareness and demonstrate there is public sentiment, bipartisan public sentiment, 
that it's time for change and that there's some very tangible things that policymakers can do to ensure women can stay on track to have an experience of dignity, security, and purpose in old age. So I would encourage people to read more by reviewing the final survey uh, results and to get engaged. And at ncoa.org, there's an action center where we uh, share specific le legislation related to helping older adults gain access to employment if they want and need to continue to work longer. Legislation related to Medicare education programs that can help people navigate enrollment in Medicare and other programs related to education, such as those that Wiser administers in terms of the National Resource Center for Women's Retirement Security. They're so essential and we need to make sure they're funded well. Well, Cindy, Ramsey laid out, I think, some important program initiatives. I know we're going to get to financial literacy in a second, but uh, you've got another program you want to mention. Well, what 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 I wanted to mention was that there are so many of these low income women that know how complicated and confusing these programs are and that they when asked as part of the survey, 91 percent overall wanted free um, education for middle aged women and older women specifically. So that would be around Medicare, Social Security, when to take them uh, financial literacy? Yeah, I mean, all of it. I mean, what they're looking for is how to understand their own financial status, which they have no clue. I mean, so it goes beyond the programs that are complicated. They want that. But they also want to be able to build confidence by knowing where they are, where they stand. And that's really difficult to, to learn. I mean, most people that I know are, you know, are in a different status than low income women, and they're able to go and hire somebody. I mean, people hire someone now just to sign up for Medicare. It's that complicated. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, and oh, Jeff, I just wanted to share, I, I think oh. often you hear about investments in education in those early years, but Cindy's point and the survey reinforces it's never too late and midlife and later life is just an important time for education and financial literacy as those early years as well. Those circumstances oh. are unique and the decisions are so critical to get right at that stage of life. Yep. So it's putting money away, buying a home, maybe buying a car, so many different topics to unpack. And look, we're just now focusing on getting our kids in school to learn financial literacy, maybe a little bit of college. But let's not forget us mature Americans, because we need to keep that information fresh as well. Cindy Ramsey, we're going to have to leave it there. Always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thank you. Thank you. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Visit our website. We're back again tomorrow for another great edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep up saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity 
to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.